to entertain you, we'll sing your songs. Hey there, are you obsessed with things that happened before your time? Well, if you are, join me, the host of Before My Time, Gelsey Laurie, to discuss the wonders of the yesteryears that we weren't around to enjoy ourselves. You can find us on all podcast platforms. Soon you'll be swaying, so come on, sing along. Put down that smartphone and listen to me. I'm Matthew Milligan, professional musician and lifelong Weird Al fan. Each week, I'm joined by professional podcaster and close personal friend Matt Kelly to take a dive off the deep end into the vast career of pop culture icon Weird Al Yankovic on our show, Weird Algorithm. Along with some very special guests from the worlds of music and comedy, we tackle every song, every television appearance, and every bit of sketch comedy Al has produced in chronological order. Covering the good old days of My Bologna and Eat It, the fun zone of tacky and white and nerdy, and everything in between. As we go, we're ranking the songs, albums, and music videos in the hopes of creating the ultimate guide to a career bigger than the biggest ball of twine in Minnesota. So the next time you're having one of those days stuck in a traffic jam wondering why does this always happen to me, just kick off your sneakers and stick around for a while because we've got it all on Weird Algorithm. Available wherever you get your podcasts. And now you know. Was that enough references? Merry Christmas in July, HMNers. Uh, we watched the least festive Christmas horror movie ever made with Silent Night, Deadly Night, Part 4, Initiation. We got Clint Howard wearing a penis nose and vagina maggots, so strap in because it's about to get goopy on Horror Movie Night. So, Scott, you picked this one. You were very yes. insistent that we do a Christmas in July. years to do this one. Uh, so. Okay, so you guys are not nearly as jazzed about this film as I have been and still am. Like, hi, love this film. It is great. <laughs> the best that I can say about this movie is that it's better than Silent Night, Deadly Night 2 and 3. That's as much as I, it's right in the middle for me. <laughs> I am still a bigger fan of The Toy Maker over, over Part 4. Yeah, this one didn't have enough incest for you. <laughs> yeah, no. It really lacked that. It just had a lot of rape scenes with a mostly naked Clint Howard. That was one scene, all right? I'll take the puppet incest. <laughs> like, yeah. This one didn't have enough good movie for me to enjoy. <laughs> I'm not saying it's good. It's a very much B movie. But, like, yeah. it's, it's a really good time. I loved it. I, I think that I buried... Oh, just wait. <laughs> this is why I, I feel... I feel like 20 minutes, like the final 20 minutes, I'm like, oh yeah, this movie's fun. But it's like the hour leading to those 20 minutes is excruciating at times. See, for me, it's the exact opposite. I think that the first 40 minutes 
is kind of like a great script mired in Brian Yesna, you know? <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, I like Brian Yesna, but the script seems to have a lot going on, a lot of social discussion about gender roles and especially when you think about this movie was what 89 88 it was 90 1990 okay um uh, you know i think that it's a really good concept and i think that they just got lost they (laughs) i think that that i will buy that i will accept that (laughs) i think that brian yesna or whoever owned the silent night deadly night franchise said i like this witch bug horror body horror movie and i want to have it made but (sighs) we need another silent night deadly night movie uh let's just pretend that it's it's christmas in la and then we'll add (laughs) a little bit of clint howard watching the killer and i think that was silent night deadly night three on the tv and he he'll kill a guy with some christmas uh lights but you know, aside from that, if you just extract the witch part of this movie, it's kind of fun. I mean, I, I that's what I like about it is like it's a just a very odd film and it does not gel. I'm not saying that I would suggest this to actual friends, just my frenemies here on the <laughs> <H-M-N. laughs> uh, I think there's I'm been like, an overwhelming amount of people that have messaged us recently that they, because of us, have purchased both Demon Wind and Uninvited. So, like, well, okay, sorry, so, so, yeah, <laughs> it's not. It's not like Demon Wind. It's yeah, don't go out and movie. buy this. Is what we're saying. Yeah. <laughs> well, and it's hard to buy it, isn't it? Like, um, it's on a three disc set, three, four, and five. Yeah, but you get the Toy Maker in that set, yeah, and it's so only ten bucks. Yeah. I, you know, if I had. Well, and a little wizard behind the the curtain here, we always try on this show to not pay for the movies that we watch (laughs) Um, because most of them are pretty trashy. So, uh, you know, I'll try and find for yourselves. This one was difficult on both ends. It was hard to pay for this movie and to not pay for this movie. Yeah, I know. (laughs) That's what I was about to get to is that. You know, I could not find it on YouTube because I originally watched it on YouTube and then somebody must have done a DMCA on it and, and it got taken down, which I don't. it seems just awkward to me that somebody, someone would say, hey, that's my movie. You can't <laughs> because Demon Wind is on YouTube. But we've already had that conversation twice. I think my biggest issue with this movie is we're, we're about to get personal for a second here, right? My my dick does not sign checks, right? I am not. When it comes to having sex, I'm a very lost and confused man. But when I try a lot and when I do it more often, I get a little bit better to the point where Jade will still be with me. Why can't Clint Howard act yet? It's been 30 years. Like You've had 30 attempts. You should be a little bit better at acting at this point <laughs> well this is the thing about this film is that yeah he hasn't been any better since evil speak speak but <laughs> he's the least terrible of the terrible actors in this movie the, uh. the boyfriend hank is basically a cardboard cutout of a human being <laughs> hank hank speak hank's speaking voice is like a 15 year old on the phone that doesn't want to get caught by his parents <laughs> every scene that he's talking he's like hey 
what's going on? Yeah, <laughs> Hank is the worst. He's up. He's demon win level bad. As far yeah. As goes. And this movie plays it totally straight, which is definitely not to its benefit. You know, no. I mean, <laughs> this movie is definitely a watch by myself movie. Demon Wind, since we keep talking about it and it's been relatively recently discussed, you know, uninvited. Those are party movies. You can have a laugh and, a, 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 you know, you can share the ridiculousness of the film. Plus, they're very, very obviously tongue in cheek. Well, maybe not tongue in cheek, but they're aware of the yeah. fact that they're making a bad movie. And this movie in typical Brian Yuzna fashion, doesn't quite have all... It just doesn't have everything going for it. It's got a lot of good stuff. Yeah, but I I genuinely believe that if Screaming Mad George said, nah, I'm good, I don't want to do this one, this movie would be completely unwatchable. Oh, no. Yeah, the the body horror is the only good part. (laughs) I just think it's funny how this movie is not meant to be a dark comedy. It is, yeah, they are trying very hard and it's being serious, but yet the first line is still, nice, a fucking cheeseburger. Oh, no fucking cheeseburger. Yeah, right out of the gate, we get crazy Clint Howard. No, no, he's like, Fucking Eddie Burger, 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 Burger. Not fucking, no fucking cheese. I actually wrote that as a quote uh, that I wanted to bring up. Yeah, but then he immediately witnesses a woman, fall, a burning woman, fall off of a roof. And then he tries to touch the ass of it. Like the yeah. smoldering ass. He's like, oh. oh. <laughs> so we get, yeah, we get that cold open. And then we get the the opening credits that looks like they were built in PowerPoint, the way that the like, transitions are. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but we like was, Richard Band did the music. Well, of course he did. Because Richard Band is like, hey, we don't have a lot of money. <laughs> no, that's the You have to listen to some of Richard Band's interviews. He's like way more, I am a classical artist than you would oh, ever I expect. Oh, no, his music is usually good. I'm just saying, based on the caliber of films that he gets booked on, I don't think he's charging an arm and a leg to do the music for anything. I don't know. I don't <laughs> think he likes to work. I respect the hell out of Richard Band, and I That's love true. his music. But I just think that he doesn't care about the 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 caliber of film. <laughs> he's just like, eh, it's a paycheck. I'll take it. But, okay, so I have to say one thing about the music in this movie and the soundscape. As in Uninvited, holy shit, Whalophone. Every sting is Whalophone. It is annoying. I, I almost no longer love the sound of Whalophone. Just kidding, I still do. But after the those two movies close to each other, I cannot believe how much overuse it was just everywhere in both of those films. It's like, in 80, 88 to 90 was the Whalophone's pinnacle. It was the era. Yeah. Yeah, now it's coming back. I just need to put a couple Instagram filters on my whaleophone pictures, <laughs> and I will so, be as famous as those girls wearing crop tops. <laughs> All right, so we're introduced to Kim and Hank, who are like kind <laughs> of having back. sex. They're kind <laughs> oh, of having sex, but it's more like they're just nakedly stumbling around an apartment so uh, while watching the Brian. news. It's Brian yeah. having sex <laughs> with the news on. It's my favorite pastime. <laughs> well, you know, okay, so we're going to talk about Brian's favorite movie again, uh, Forgetting Sarah Marshall. You know when when the two redheads are trying to have sex? and Because it's hurting me. <laughs> <laughs> That's one of my favorite scenes. Uh, 
man. And then later, Brian's at the bar, ironically, because, you know, Brian doesn't drink, and just be like, we're trying to fuck, and we can't fuck. And he's, like, making a vagina with his hands and, like, smacking his forehead. With- no, no, God put our mouths on our face for a reason. <laughs> so the heroine, off the bat, you know that she is... And a, a modern woman because she enjoys a sweaty little nooner. But then she, you see Reggie <laughs> Bannister and you're thinking, yeah. man, the dude from Phantasm is the boss. <laughs> man, Reggie Bannister. And he's had, he's had the same bad hair since 1978. The only thing this movie was missing was him having a random jam session in the middle <laughs> of it. Yeah, he's his hair's horrendous. Why not just go bald? I, or at least keep it short. I don't know. understand this weird hippie bullshit of like... Let me have shoulder length hair just on the sides and back. But yeah, his I, skullet that he always <laughs> wants to rock with a ponytail. Yeah, yeah. But there's the line that I really have to. I, <clears throat> this is the part of the episode where I do my impression of a crazy person on the in the movie that we're talking. So, a woman just died here. This is bullshit. <laughs> that's, that's one of Kim's first lines. She she can't act. She's awful. No. But she's no, very pretty. So uh, so we're going to get to what is one of my favorite moments in this movie. It's the one part that made me laugh out loud, and I don't know if it was intentionally there or not. But because her boss, Eli, won't give her this story, she decides that she's just going to go and research it herself. And she goes to where this girl fell off the building and burnt. And the chalk outline is yes. like... <laughs> yeah, it's, 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 it's a chalk outline. <laughs> They're like, well, and then scorch marks yeah. that they just kind of guessed where the rest of her would have been in the scorch marks. But they didn't actually draw her legs. You could just tell because she goes. <laughs> so she goes there. She goes into this bookshop and meets another horrible actress. And then she's like, "Would you like a date?" And she eats this date. And I'm like, "Do you know how long those have been sitting there and how many people probably <laughs> touched them?" No, yeah, a great finger. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's also it's a date, like. I don't know. Maybe maybe a pretzel, but not even oh, that. And but like if you're going to give them a date that is clearly a beetle covered in chocolate, <laughs> maybe make it look less like a beetle covered yeah. in chocolate. Spoiler like. alert, those are beetles. <laughs> we find out they're beetles. Um Did so- you notice in that scene they have the most uncomfortably long handshake? <laughs> oh dude, there that woman is so like, weird. FEMA? Like but I don't know if it was like written in the script that way, or they're both just such bad actresses that they didn't know what to do, so their hands just connected, <laughs> and then they just kept shaking. Yeah, yeah. Brian Yuzna walked away from the camera and is like at craft services, and is like, yeah, yeah, whatever. He's got his mouth full of sandwich. He's like, oh, oh yeah, cut. Yeah, cut. <laughs> He's directing with like food coming out of his mouth. <laughs> it's like, it's the only I'm, way I want to think about Brian Yuzna ever. Act, action. <laughs> oh but before my she goes God. to the library, she talks to the butcher that thinks yeah, every like, woman is a prostitute. A yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's an Asian playing an American playing an Asian, you know? <laughs> Yeah, and also he's a really bad stereotype because yeah. he's got like blood all he's okay so he's an asian butcher butcher with a really bad asian accent but he's very very obviously just putting on the accent he probably talks like us you know like midwest accent and then he he gives her peanuts covered in blood and she's like no thanks but then she goes needs the date yeah. yeah, the date is fine. God, I love and hate uh, this movie. But it also should, should be known that this is the first time I checked to see how much time was left, and it was eight minutes and 45 seconds into the movie. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh my god, you you really you made a mistake being on our podcast, and now you're stuck because you can't quit because he's your brother. I want it to. I want it to like Scott Roger this movie so badly, but. I can only do that if the movie has a closed caption option on my DVD, and this one didn't. So I was like, "Well, guess I'm in this for the whole hour and twenty five. <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't, I didn't Scott Roger this movie. Um, I couldn't because the you rarely Scott Roger the movies that you pick. Yeah, because they're awesome. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, so yeah, she goes up to the the roof and then has this weird like vertigo moment where she's looking down at the half of a chalkboard chalk out outline. And then she's thinking about jumping or something. And then she gets off the roof and Clint Howard comes up again because he was staring at her in the uh, bookstore. And he grabbed her in the bookstore. Yes, that's right. He grabs her he in the bookstore. He didn't grab her. He up. poked her butt. It was one finger. Oh, that's right. Wait, wait, wait. I think, I think I might have actually made a note about – yeah, he just like bonk. <laughs> he boops her ass. Um, so so – uh, she she goes there because the whole thing is that she's researching natural combustion is what they keep calling it, but it's spontaneous combustion. And then there's one point where the FEMA, who's the head witch, spoiler alert, calls it natural national combustion. And I'm like, <laughs> you fucked that line so bad and it made it all the way into the final cut. Maybe that's why they had it taken off of the internet because they just – couldn't handle that woman was like no i'm a real actress and i fucked up that line and it didn't get cut. well while they're on the rooftop clint howard Gives like shows shows off the giant maggot i love that i love that uh prop because it shows up two more times i think but i mean screw yeah. that george you just can't go wrong even if it's a bad movie like he gives 100 percent. Like, yeah no he gives 150 percent. that dude is a nut like he <laughs> he is so i just this is Truly why I picked this movie is because it is gooey as hell. Yeah, but because of that, so now now Kim is seeing bugs everywhere. 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 Goes home uh, and then throws up, and then there's a gigantic bug who, like, taps its proboscis on her arm is like, hey, are you okay? <laughs> <laughs> well, and then she goes, it immediately jumps and shifts tones entirely to this very awkward Christian versus Jew Christmas oh, conversation yes. at Hank's up. parents' house. Yeah. And Hank's like, why did <laughs> you, you know let it get to you? Yeah. yeah. Why did you let my Neither dad get to you? Oh, I don't know, because he only attacked the everything about me for being Jewish, <laughs> for being a woman. <laughs> um, so this leads uh, Kim to go back to the bookstore where the the woman who runs the bookstore and Clint Howard perform a vomit a bug ritual with her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's okay. So you know um, the scene in Poltergeist Two where Coach vomits up the the maggot from the tequila. Yes, that part fucked me up when I was like eleven. I remember we went. So here's story time. We went down to um, the Outer Banks with my. It was my mom, dad, sister, and I. My uncle his two sons and my dad's mom and we were going to stay in a cottage right on the beach and we get down there it's nighttime and they turn on the tv we're all hanging out this is so weird but we were all hanging out and poltergeist 2 is on and they let it play for a little bit and i'm like are you are we really watching a horror movie like family time because that's not how family time worked when i was growing up 
Um, and then the the vomit the maggot who turns into the the old guy part happens, and it fucked me up. I was like, oh my god, because I had no, I, I was not <laughs> expecting it. You know, also it's one of those things where it's pretty disturbing as a, as a preteen, but it's not really that scary now as an adult. But man, it fucked me up. This is way better. It's the same exact concept where that per- where they're basically probably holding the um, the end of the the prop, and it's got like you know some servos inside of it, and then they're like boo, you know, like, <laughs> with, with it coming out of their mouth, and it, it's such a great simple effect. I just love it so much. Oh. Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty damn good. Uh, and after this ritual, now Kim is DTF all <laughs> yeah. the time. Dude. There's actually a fun fact behind the scene. Um, <clears throat> if you do some research, you can find this out. So actually, a few years back, Rob Zombie and Cherry Moon Zombie were having dinner, as husbands and wife tend to do. And uh, <laughs> Rob was like, ah. I can't do the Flyers movie. I got to make another horror movie. And Cherry's like, well, that's fine. He's like, no, because I can't do a white trash incest movie. And she's like, well, what the hell are we supposed to write? And he was like, I don't know, Snuggle Bunny. But in unrelated news that won't tie into this conversation at all, I found a copy of Silent Night, Deadly Night 4 that we can have sex to. So they're going at it. They're not even paying attention to the movie. And then this scene comes up. And he looks up and he's like, we should just make a movie based on this scene. And she's like, but how am I going to annoy the viewer the entire time if I play this? <laughs> and he's like, I'll just give you stupid dreadlocks. And she's like, can we call it Lords of Salem? And he's like, bingo. <laughs> I saw where you were going about one minute ago and I loved the ride. <laughs> uh, so so Kim is, Boy, is going so she's crazy. Like, she's all about it and she's like, I want to fuck you while you're sleeping. And I'm like, please, just – this is my fantasy. I'm actually going to review this set scene with my wife and be like, role play. Uh-huh. We're doing it. Uh-huh. Just like elbow her and be like, hey, let's, yeah. let's do the sex. Yeah, I was going to say, no words, no words at all. Just elbow <laughs> It's a wonder that any of us have ever even touched a breast. I know I've said that before, but truly. It's been a while for one of us. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm married. <laughs> so Clint Howard, like, stumbles into the, the apartment while this is happening and just, like, pops on a movie. Like, but no, he there pops was a... on – doesn't he pop on one of the Silent Night, Deadly Nights? I'm pretty sure. I think it's a very, like, Halloween 3 when they're watching Halloween at the yeah. bar. Like, it's one of those kind of things. But it's just, like – I love the idea of like they're just going at it on the bed and he's just like eating popcorn like, <laughs> <laughs> like, like and like Kim unaffected Hank the normal person in this situation is just like what is yeah. happening what are you well, I, okay so here's the thing I think was going on or there this is what I'm saying is that the original concept of this movie is sweet but definitely lost in translation here because <laughs> i think that it was that she, he was half asleep and it was like a spell because she's got power over him because it's this whole movie was originally about female power when they are cut off from male uh like w- when they're no longer under the thumb of a man and that's fine like i think it's a great concept and they did a probably a just super shitty script treatment when they bought the rights some poor saps uh script but 
like, I get it. I get which it's it's the fact that Lilith, because the whole backstory that we haven't even touched on, it doesn't even matter. It's Lilith, who is Adam's first wife. She didn't want to be subservient to him. And so when they were banging, she wanted to be on top. Side note, woman on top is awesome. And you should always <laughs> try for that. So I, there's nothing wrong. Lilith did nothing wrong. Hashtag HMN podcast. <laughs> That's what we're doing this week. So Lilith had the right idea with sex. So Kim comes in, she's possessed with the spirit of Lilith and has these powers. And so she's got him in like this half awake sense where he can get it up, but he can't <laughs> stop her. So it's sort of rapey, but it's okay because she's on top. I don't, I don't know. It's very confusing sexually for me. Why weren't you my lawyer? <laughs> I don't know, Donald Trump. Um, anyway, so so yeah, then then Hank get Kim gets like tossed in the bathroom or is hiding in the bathroom. Hank gets stabbed. I actually do. There's one bit of horror in this movie where Hank is getting stabbed by Clint Howard, and Clint Howard's like having a good time. He's got like a fucking paring knife. It's like an inch and a half long. He's just like. Poking him in the fucking lungs. He's like, hey, hey, hey. And he's just like, stop. And it's awful. It's like a really great, it's, I don't know. They probably just had like a pillow on Hank's chest and he was actually stabbing him. But it just looks so real and it's so gross, like a real stabbing. Uh, because well, if you ever watched the- real stabbing, that's what it looks like. The last like 20 minutes of this movie was basically, it felt like they just looked at how much budget they had left and then they slid it across the table at Screaming Mad George and just said, like, have, go at it. Because the last 20 minutes is just bonkers. It's so gross. And, like, let me oh. ask you guys something. Would you rather have Clint Howard bite your Achilles or oh. have no one ever touch your Achilles but your Clint Howard? <laughs> somebody bite my achilles tendon yeah it'll 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 heal (laughs) (laughs) so this is where they reveal that kim's co-worker who's been in the movie for approximately six minutes yeah is the mastermind behind all of the things that are happening to kim basically like she she was like yeah no you should go and research that thing and i was like know where i was (laughs) yeah Oh, we forgot about the weird picnic that they have. And she's like, oh, I drank too much wine. Um, nom, 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 nom. <laughs> yeah, the picnic scene is very forgettable besides the, the weirdness Most of it all. Most of the shit in this movie is forgettable until you're talking about a later scene. And they're like, yeah. oh, yeah, that's why they're at this point. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and then there's like the weird, like, Clint Howard stars in Eyes Wide Shut sequence oh. where he's. But, okay, just... so why? I get that the, the, they're. The original script was probably saying that men men to these witches are just a penis, mm-hmm. right? But like if you're – if I don't understand – I think that that was added when they did the treatment because I don't think that the original script would have had a male raping a woman – a man raping a woman, like a male on female rape because she was – every time she would vomit a bug up, it was – vomiting her fear of men out of her system, like cleaning her system out. So I don't know exactly why having sex with a mentally handicapped Clint Howard would help that. 
You just have to say Clint Howard. You don't have to put the in front. We we know. We've seen Clint Howard. Oh man! But, so I just don't understand why they thought that that would be helpful. I really liked the woman raping a man scene. I really disliked the man raping a woman scene because we're starting to find some of Scott's fetish. Yeah. <laughs> starting, dude. I think 2018. You have uncovered. I have admitted like 50 percent of them best of episode you can hear about one of them when we discover scott's love of, of stockings oh, <laughs> bloody new year yeah <laughs> i'm not even going to apologize for that shit anyway so so but i don't like that clint howard rape scene i think it's unnecessary i think it goes contrary to the whole point of this movie because if she would have vomited out all of the bugs then she wouldn't need a man unless I thought that. So I had watched this movie one time before and I had forgotten why I remembered the Clint Howard rape scene, but I forgot why. And I was like, does she, are they trying to make her give birth to FEMA's daughter, uh, rebirth to FEMA's daughter? And I, but no, that's not it at all. They just want her to, to be part of their coven and FEMA's a psycho who keeps seeing Kim as her daughter dead daughter Lilith, Lily, who was the one who jumped off the roof at the beginning of the film. Because it would have made a whole lot more sense if they would have been like, hey, Screaming Mad George, we want you to do a fast-forward birth scene where Kim gets impregnated by Clint Howard and then has like a monster baby and then blah, blah, blah. That would make a whole lot more sense. They're like, Screaming Mad George, have you seen x Rob? Yeah. We want that. Um, So... There's there's this big like final fight on the rooftop, and the only note I really have about it because at this point I was just kind of like, all right, I'm just going to enjoy this last couple minutes of a ride and not be clicking my pen. The finger effect where her yeah. fingers are just like out of control is amazing. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> I do have a note. I, I I did an a very special double alliteration for this. All right. <clears throat> Finger fire dildo dagger death. Wow. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> I didn't even Scott, have to work on that. <laughs> God, I got good news for you. Yeah? Your new metal band has a <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. Can we go on tour with Five Finger Death Punch? Can we be as terrible as Five Finger Death Punch? Uh, you guys didn't like the party scene where she just went on a cup frenzy? She shoved the cup oh in the one God. guy's face. She smacked the cup out of the girl's hand. She smacked six cups out of people's hands at once. Then ran up to Clint <laughs> Howard, handed him a cup, and smacked it out of his hand. That fourth part didn't happen, but I was really hoping it would. <laughs> oh, yeah. So she kills FEMA. FEMA burns the death. Yeah, we should at least and give him the she, end. Like, walks, yeah, she <laughs> yeah. walks away from the coven and has power. And she saves, oh, side note, the, Hank's dead and is hanged by meat hooks. She saves his little brother, and then I don't know how that like uh, that Christmas scene would have gone. She would have taken the kid back to his dead parents and been like, "Well, you can open your presents now." Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, his parents are dead too. I think we skipped we skipped yeah. over all the horror parts of this movie, but so did this movie. <laughs> <laughs> Clint Howard killed the parents and the only way they could call it Silent Night Deadly Night is by having the dad uh the the racist alcoholic dad get strangled by Christmas lights. So yeah, that's <clears throat> Silent Night Deadly Night for the initiation or initiation, sorry. There's no And if you guys are still thinking about seeing this, I will do an excerpt from this film of the main character, the final girl. The policeman goes 
are you in therapy? And in her great acting skills, she goes, no, I'm not in therapy. <laughs> To entertain you, we'll sing your songs. Hey there, are you obsessed with things that happened before your time? Well, if you are, join me, the host of Before My Time, Gelsey Laurie, to discuss the wonders of the yesteryears that we weren't around to enjoy ourselves. You can find us on all podcast platforms. Soon you'll be swaying, so come on, sing along. Put down that smartphone and listen to me. I'm Matthew Milligan, professional musician and lifelong Weird Al fan. Each week, I'm joined by professional podcaster and close personal friend Matt Kelly to take a dive off the deep end into the vast career of pop culture icon Weird Al Yankovic on our show, Weird Algorithm. Along with some very special guests from the worlds of music and comedy, we tackle every song, every television appearance, and every bit of sketch comedy Al has produced in chronological order. Covering the good old days of My Bologna and Eat It, the fun zone of tacky and white and nerdy, and everything in between. As we go, we're ranking the songs, albums, and music videos in the hopes of creating the ultimate guide to a career bigger than the biggest ball of twine in Minnesota. So the next time you're having one of those days stuck in a traffic jam wondering why does this always happen to me, just kick off your sneakers and stick around for a while because we've got it all on Weird Algorithm. Available wherever you get your podcasts. And now you know. Was that enough references? Hey guys, Matt here, taking a quick little break in the middle of the episode to just fill you in on some housekeeping stuff. We'll talk about this at the end of the episode as well, but this is going to be the last episode for the next three weeks. We're going to still release stuff on the feed. It's going to be some live episodes and some retro episodes and a bunch of bonus material, but I'm going to be at San Diego Comic-Con all next week, and things are just kind of crazy in the lives of all three of us, so we took a brief little break for the month of July, but we'll be back the first Friday of August with a new episode, but still stay tuned. There's a lot of great stuff. And if you haven't already donated to the Patreon page, we're going to be dropping our bonus episode on Turbo Kid very soon. So make sure that you check that out. But that is all that I have to say. All right. So what did you guys watch this week? Woo! What'd you watch? Oh man. Yeah. I'm going to start this off. Um, Oh boy. So I started watching Ash versus Evil Dead season three. Wow. Rest in peace, Ash Williams, because they he's not gonna do it anymore. But man, I I love that scene or that season. The last season seasons. Uh I'm uh, like three episodes into this season. Uh it's so good. It's very funny, as always. I don't think that they ever it's so ridiculous and I roll my eyes mentally a lot, but it's so funny. Does that make sense? Like I enjoy how ridiculous and stupid it is. It's like yeah. slapsticky. It's ultimate Sam Raimi. I know he's not really involved with the show. He just kind of puts his name on it, but it's so good. And I, but my favorite line in the entire series is definitely, I think it's the first episode of season three when they go back to Ash's old high school and he's like, Oh, I met my first Linda here. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yeah, it's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I, I, and I had something else I wanted to talk about. Um, oh, oh, that's why I started watching Evil Dead, Ash versus Evil Dead, is because 
we're going to release this. What is this going to be? The end of June? Uh, July. Oh, the first, yeah. Thick. Yeah, first week of July. Um, but we're recording it early June. And early June is always my Cabin in the Woods themed month or time period. Because the first time I ever watched Evil Dead 2 was right after I got out of high school. Or right after I finished, I don't know, sophomore year of high school or something like that. So it's, okay. it's my... As everyone who has ever listened to a pick that I have chosen for this show, um, I am very seasonally horror. Um, and so Cabin in the Woods movies are, regardless of when they actually happen in the movie, um, they are my get out of school time movies. And so I watched Evil Dead, or I'm sorry, The Evil Dead, Evil Dead 2, and Cabin in the Woods. I was going to hit Evil Dead 2013, but I didn't get a chance. Because I started watching Ash vs. Evil Dead instead. So I watched, I was going to watch all of that before I started Ash vs. Evil Dead Season 3 because it's the right time. So probably by the next time we put, drop an episode, the next episode from this, I will have finished Ash vs. Ash Evil Dead and watched Evil Dead 2013 because I can't get enough of it. All right. Uh, oh, so and I, still I, wa- posit, I still posit that Evil Dead 2 is the better of the, of the Evil Deads. <laughs> uh, so I watched a movie that I got in the mail via Netflix because I'm that guy who still gets his DVDs in the mail through Netflix uh, called Please Stand By. Oh, I want to see that so bad. Yeah, it it's pretty good. It's a uh, it's like a weird it's mostly drama. It was advertised as more of a comedy, but I feel like it's more of a drama, but it's. Uh, a really uh, touching story about a girl who's got Asperger's and she lives in like a special home and she loves Star Trek and she sees that they're doing a special like, hey, like send us your script for an episode of Star Trek and the best episode will like get to do a meet and greet with like all of the cast members. And she writes this like hundred page screenplay but isn't able to get it in the mail in time. So she runs away from the home and goes on like an event, like a road trip to get to the studio to drop off the, the script in time. Um, and just like along the way, she meets like a bunch of really interesting people. Patton Oswald is in there for a little bit and it's, it's fun. I would never watch it again, but I don't <laughs> hate, I don't hate that I watched it. Um, so I just want to give that movie a shout out. It was a, it was definitely worth your time. It's not going to be on my best of 2018 list or anything like that, but it was a it was a good, charming little like hour and twenty five minute indie film. And oh, I, I I did want to mention one other thing. It's probably old news by now because I've been talking about it on the Facebook page for a while. And you reminded me because you said Pat Oswalt. I watched Dude Bro Party Massacre three. Have <laughs> 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 you guys seen it? No, my, my no, I've seen telling the me to see it. It's on Shutter. It's I on should Shutter. watch it. Uh huh. It is so stupid. <laughs> it is so stupid. I loved it. It's just like the dumbest shit. But the, I, <clears throat> I, I think you guys saw me do the the gif where the guy's like you ruined my life and he's like ripping his shirt yeah 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 yeah. it's also (laughs) in the preview but that's all i think about anymore (laughs) i actually told katie (laughs) i was texting messaging with her and i said i will because she was the one who pushed me to watch it um 
couple weeks ago and and i um i was like i want to have a pre-ripped shirt underneath my regular shirts all the time so that megan and i are out somewhere i can embarrass her by being like you ruined my life (laughs) and then you know promptly get divorced of course follow suit yeah anyway so i watched this is a little late um, but I watched Unmasking a Killer, the entire series on HLN, which I suggest everyone watch. It's about the Golden State Killer um, because the show is actually based on a book that Patton Oswalt's wife uh, wrote that actually led to capturing the Golden State Killer. And it's one of like – Patton Oswalt's wife? Yeah. Um, wow. Yeah. No, it's it's really it, – it's it's a really, really cool show. Um, docuseries, the way it's shot, everything, it's it burns by um, – I was going to wait a little to bring it up because I was like, okay, they called him, give it like a month or two, and then we're going to really find out. Because this guy is like easily like the most uh, prolific serial killer, like top two heavy hitters um, aside from like the Zodiac. I don't really count Jack the Ripper because if you kill prostitutes in the 1800s, like anyone could get away with that uh, because they're prostitutes in the 1800s. But these two are actually very skilled. Um, but since he was a cop, no one thinks he's ever going to speak. Um, so I would definitely check out the documentary. It's really cool. And then in the same sense of true crime as the listeners are starting to get, I really like, I finally got around to watching <laughs> mind Hunter, which is a phenomenal show on Netflix. It is so good, Yeah, I've heard. but that. you really have to be into the psychology of true crime. Cause it's not something where it's like you're witnessing murder. It's not a horror or anything like that. It's literally just them talking to serial killers about crimes that have been committed and trying to get the insight on the serial killer. So it's not uh, super exciting. Um, but for me, it's extremely exciting. It's like my star Wars, you know, like every episode was just really excited for the, yeah, I don't really watch star Wars, but this. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I changed my mind. You're off the show. (laughs) I mean, I have seen it, you know, I have seen it. Jar Jar Binks is a great guy. Uh, I'm just kidding. Uh, But yeah, those are my two watches. All right, well, that was Silent Night, Deadly Night Part 4, Initiation from 1990. This is going to be the last, like, horror movie night authentic episode for a couple weeks. Uh, We're going to be dropping the live episodes that we recorded back in March. We're going to release a retroactive episode of the first time Scott and I ever spoke to each other. Uh, And then we'll be back right in August. It's an Asian. Oh, no. <laughs> Don't leave us hanging, B. <laughs> Bri- Bri- Brian. Brian. Oh, no. Whoa. Where'd I, I, I go? Where'd I go? Where was I? <laughs> We're here to entertain you. We'll sing your songs. Hey there. 
Are you obsessed with things that happened before your time? Well, if you are, join me, the host of Before My Time, Gelsey Laurie, to discuss the wonders of the yesteryears that we weren't around to enjoy ourselves. You can find us on all podcast platforms. Soon you'll be swaying, so come on, sing along. Put down that smartphone and listen to me. I'm Matthew Milligan, professional musician and lifelong Weird Al fan. Each week, I'm joined by professional podcaster and close personal friend Matt Kelly to take a dive off the deep end into the vast career of pop culture icon Weird Al Yankovic on our show, Weird Algorithm. Along with some very special guests from the worlds of music and comedy, we tackle every song, every television appearance, and every bit of sketch comedy Al has produced in chronological order covering the good old days of My Bologna and Eat It, the fun zone of tacky and white and nerdy, and everything in between. As we go, we're ranking the songs, albums, and music videos in the hopes of creating the ultimate guide to a career bigger than the biggest ball of twine in Minnesota. So the next time you're having one of those days stuck in a traffic jam wondering why does this always happen to me, just kick off your sneakers and stick around for a while because we've got it all on Weird Algorithm. Available wherever you get your podcasts. And now you know. Was that enough references? You're listening to the Geekscape Network.